What's up, everybody? Live here from Florida. Uh, daylight today for both of us in the background, as you can see. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. This is our week 17 show. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Um, I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Sam Cardona, the girl who talks sports. Sam, different backgrounds for us today, but a, a similar vibe, unfortunately, uh, compared to the last couple of weeks. You got to watch Christmas Day against Philadelphia. Um, I caught the first half, missed the second half. First off, how are you doing, and what's your overall consensus following the game? I feel like I would have rather have had the Eagles like kind of ruin us because we had so much hope in that game, and it was a lot more hope than I thought we were going to have. Um, I was very angry at the end of that game. There was several factors that had me feeling just like angry. Um, I stood up for the entire fourth quarter. I didn't sit down. I was just like, I was so like, I was like, we could win this right now. Like we had everything we needed to win that game. And there were missed calls by the referees. There was sloppy play. And one of the biggest things for me at the end of this game was Darren Waller. Um, he He caught the ball. Um, converted a down, I believe, and just laid on the ground and just wasted the time on the clock. And we had seconds, seconds to go. And I was like, why isn't he getting up? And it just seemed like lack of knowledge of what was going on in the game, which is something that's incredibly important for players um, to know. And he just like didn't really realize what was going on. So I was very upset with Darren Waller, um, you know, in situations like that, you need to utilize all of the time that's on the clock and just poor clock management. So that was my biggest takeaways from this game. Um, and my God, it was just, it, it could have, we could have won, we could have done it and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I remember the play you're talking about. What really frustrated me, too, is at the end of the first half when I think Okereke slapped the ball from Hertz or something, and there was a flag called, but there were three seconds left, I think, three or four seconds left, and the Eagles had no timeouts, and the half should have expired right there and then, and the Eagles were able to get three points out of it. That really frustrated me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a tough Christmas. I was happy they played well, but... I'm not going to give this team points for playing well and losing. Um, There's a lot that went well, but also more that went wrong in this game. And I want to hear your thoughts on the benching of Tommy DeVito, which quite frankly, I was shocked by the benching of DeVito. Looking at the stats, uh, DeVito was 9 of 16 in the first half for 55 yards. He was sacked. Once his average depth of target was low. I think his lowest pass went 1.1 yards and the giants trailed 20 to three at halftime. And then when Tyrod came in, Sam, it seemed like they were able to score 22 points in the second half, but still not enough to win. I just, I don't really get the substitution there. I have a theory behind why Dable might've did it, but I want to hear from you what's going through your mind during that swap. I'm I'm interested to hear your theory. But honestly, I was also a little bit surprised. 
Um, when I saw Tyrod into the game, I thought I had missed an injury. Like I thought like, oh my God, like did Tommy get hurt? Did something happen? And then they show him on the sidelines and he's just kind of standing there. And I was like, he doesn't look hurt. And I was very confused for a little bit because yes, while we weren't putting points up, while it wasn't the best game out of Tommy DeVito, I was like, it's not like he did something that was like so outrageously bad that he had to sit. Um, I, I mean, I, I'll always love seeing Tyrod in the game. It's very obvious that he could close out a game for us if if he just had a little bit more. Um, but it just it was very odd. And unfortunately, my brother got me a Tommy Cutlets uh, T-shirt jersey for Christmas. I was so excited. I was going to put it on. And then all of a sudden, the kid's on the bench. And I was like, well, I'm one of many football uh, Giants fans in the universe this Christmas who had to very silently put away our Tommy Cutledge jersey for a hot second. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit confusing. Um, I know that Tyrod's starting next week. Um, it just kind of seemed very abrupt, but I'm interested to hear what your theory is. Absolutely. So I'll give you my theory in a moment, but to piggyback off your uh, Cutledge gift. <laughs> so my brother, also named Danny, um, I got him a... DeVito jersey the um I think I might have showed you the old throwback um jersey that we've worn a couple times this year and he opened it late Christmas night and when I heard about DeVito getting benched I was in the car listening on the radio and like you I thought maybe an injury maybe something happened it shocked me now knee-jerk reaction what is Brian Dable doing this is so frustrating why are we doing this? Right. Um, what's the game? Well, I feel like the Giants, in, I'm trying to put myself, Sam, in the mind of Brian Dable. I think he's afraid of losing the locker room um, because, unfortunately, look, I don't think the veto deserves to get benched. I don't. I mean, you have to stick with your guy through the good and through the bad. But Dable said something very important when he named the veto the starter. He gives us the best chance to win. And I guess in the second half, down 20 to three, he's thinking, well, Tyrod probably gives us the better shot to come back in this game. Our playoff hopes are on the line. I don't want to lose the locker room. Um, so I think you can argue that it made sense in his mind, but as your average fan or even like one of us content creators that we are, I don't understand it at all. Um, that was my theory behind it. Now, moving into week 17, Taylor's been named the starter. And that's where I'm starting to think, well, why could he do this? The Giants are eliminated, right? You want to find out what you got in DeVito. But in Dable's mind, he might have already figured out what he has in DeVito and the evaluation is over Now he for, for this year. Now, I think Dable might feel as if Tyrod Taylor gives us the best shot to evaluate players like Jalen Hyatt, a rookie who has not gotten many targets this year under 20 catches on the season. The veto has not thrown the ball to Hyatt that much because his offense has been more targeting Darius Slayton, Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, Juan Dale. And I think with Tyrod Sam, I think Dable's thinking, all right, we have this guy for two more games. We're playing, we're paying him a lot of money. We're out of the playoffs. I see what I got in DeVito. Let's see what Tyrod can do with Wandale, with Hyatt, with Hodgins, 
So that's kind of my theory. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you still disagree with the decision, but you, you might see where, what he's trying to do there? Because obviously us, we want to see DeVito start. Both of us have made that very clear, but there's my theory. I, I understand. Like, I feel like if either thing was chosen, if we had Tommy DeVito starting or we have Tyrod starting, I think both make sense. You know, to have Tommy in, to see what he's capable of. Obviously, we're dealing with a lot of quarterback stuff right now. That makes sense. But also, there is a huge part of this team, which is the offense, which is we're trying to figure that out as well. You know, like how many years in a row can we draft a wide receiver? So I I agree with your theory. I think that that's a very good theory to have. Tyrod is a veteran. It's obvious he can get the ball into the guy's hands. He can do what he needs to do. And it, that that does make a lot of sense. And I'd really love to see the things that Jalen Hyatt could do because his potential is so high. And we've seen that through this entire season, even with the limited amount of catches that he's had. Um, and even guys like Darren Waller, like, yes, we know what he's capable on on the Ravens and on the Raiders, but we don't still don't really know what it's like to have him on the Giants. It's not only was he injured, we, he wasn't getting targeted as much when he wasn't injured and like, Obviously, there are things that we need to work out with him as well. So, um, yeah, I, I get it. But Tommy DeVito is like the show-stopping, sexy headline name that we want to see. But Tyrod Taylor right now, you know, he's going to do what he's got to do. Yeah. Um, Taylor in the second half, though, was not that impressive half of his passing yards came on a 69 yard touchdown pass to Darius Slayton other than that he realistically went six of 15 for like 60 something yards so I'm not going to sit here and say he necessarily played well Um, but what he did do he marched the team downfield into Eagles territory unfortunately he got picked off on the final play of the game. It was kind of like a line drive fastball pass. Again, when you're going up against uh, Josh Sweat, you know, Fletcher Cox, you only have so much time in the pocket. But unfortunately, it was picked off by Keely Ringo, a player that Jordan did mention on last week's show to look out for replacing Darius Slay. And then the Giants lose uh, by a final of 33 to 25. And I think the reason why too they might have switched to Taylor, I mean Saquon just could not get going. It, it was just such a one-dimensional thing. I mean Saquon had 80 yards and a score, but he touched the ball 23 times. That's less than four yards a carry. I mean that's not okay. And you know part of it's the O line. I thought Pew got wrecked. Um, it, it's funny. It takes us Sam six offensive linemen just to get the ball like three to five yards down the field. I mean I have never seen a backup offensive lineman play as much as Mark Lewinsky has yeah. constantly checking in his, it's kind of funny to watch every week, but at the same time, it's sad. It's like, what are we doing out yeah. there? Like, realistically, come on. Yeah. And, and we gotta, we gotta shout out Adori though, for his, for his score, for mm-hmm. the, um, for the pick six that happened there. Um, obviously has, we have not been Adori's biggest fan this past year, but he he did that and i was i was at that point i was just like oh my god like this is like it was like felt like that was the turning point for the game like i was like after this like we could win this game 
And that's when I started getting a little bit more excited. And that's when the hope started rising up. And then as the game went on, it started to fall and fall and fall. And I was like, oh, my God, we were so close. Um, But I'm actually interested to see what this matchup is going to be like in MetLife um, in the final week of the season. Because, again, this game was winnable. And it'll be very interesting to see if the Eagles end up start benching some of their starters, playing some of their starters. I'm, you know, maybe we do get a, a win in the last week of the season. Who knows? Yeah. And the Boston Scott curse is now over. I think Jordan mentioned it last week. Yes. She has not been the biggest fan of Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator. Boston Scott got one touch the entire Crazy. game. <laughs> I know Sam, normally normally we see it a lot. Like normally he's out there like scoring like four touchdowns on us and it just didn't happen this year. I wonder how much money was lost on bets for him to score a touchdown. I'm sure like I saw people placing like $30 bets on him to score. I'm like, all right, this is crazy. Um I have a feeling he I had a feeling going in Sam he wasn't going to score. I don't know about you. I just had that feeling I, eventually it has to come to an end. Yeah, you know, if I were a sports better, I probably would have bet on that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And there was a couple times, too, I think, was it Boston Scott who was returning the kicks? I'm not entirely sure. But there was a, there was a fumble on, the, on a punt that the Eagles yeah. dropped. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, they looked sloppy, at least on special teams. Like, it really wasn't looking good. And the Eagles didn't look as scary as they were in the beginning of the season. I don't know if that has to do with injuries. I don't know if that has to do with um, the coaching. But honestly, I, I mean, we'll we'll move on in just a bit. But I don't think yeah. the Eagles have Super Bowl capabilities as people thought they did. No. Just I mean, hmm. it's, it's really tough, right? I mean, Goddard ate. Devontae Smith had that one touchdown. Swift scored, but... The Giants won the turnover battle. So you're right, Sam. And we exactly weren't perfect on offense or defense in this game. Um, right. Our special teams was a shit show. I mean, we saw Mason Crosby drill a 50-plus yarder, which was great. Um, great to see Salt and Pepper back in an NFL uniform, especially ours. And then Jamie Gillen leaves the game with two injuries. Yeah. So <laughs> what type of season have we had where the Giants go through four kickers and a begged-up punter? <laughs> I know I was explaining well, that to like to my dad on yeah. on Monday and I was just like you don't get it we've yeah. had seen so many people kick for us this year but ultimately Giants fall short five and ten eliminated from playoff contention very sad but as expected I feel like um Sam this is our second to last player of the week for the season and who did we decide to go with for week 17? This week, we did go wide receiver. We went Darius Slayton here, which is, um, you know, we haven't really been talking about Darius a lot lately, but he had three catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. So obviously he wasn't the main target in this game, but three total targets did constitute six points for us. Um 69-yard touchdown reception on Christmas was the longest reception in his career. Um, He has 41 catches for 602 yards and two touchdowns. And Slayton has led the New York Giants in receiving yards for four of the last five seasons. So 
it's pretty reliable, surprisingly, even though we don't hear his name as much. Yes, and I agree. Slayton had a solid game. I mean, he caught all three targets. Um, yeah, longest catch of his career. He's been the most reliable receiver since 2019, mm-hmm. even though the touchdown numbers have dipped drastically. I will say I'm excited to see what he can do the last couple of games with Tyrod or if they go back to the veto week 18, whoever is under center ultimately. But it's unfortunate, you know. We saw a lot of news in the media this week. Sam DeVito's dad, not sure why his son got benched. Um, I'm sure that's not a, a good feeling in the household, uh, especially on Christmas Day. But yeah. it is what it is. And, you know, it sucks. Only thing that you can do there. Yeah. But uh, moving on, Giants have the Rams in Week 17. The Rams are 8-7, and seven, hold sole possession, of the sixth seed in the NFL playoffs right now, they're on a two-game winning streak. However, just three and four on the road this season. They'll be traveling to the five and ten New York Giants. Rams lead the all-time series 29 to 17 and have won the last three meetings. The Giants have not won against the Rams since 2016. Sam, if you remember the play where Odell Beckham got into it with Alec Ogletree in that game where helmets went off, there was a brawl. On the sideline, that was the uh, McAdoo playoff year. So, Oof. fun times. Cringe. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to revisit that. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> but, unfortunately, we have to revisit that our offense is still ranked dead last in the National Football League. The Rams are ranked number eight. And a lot of it is due to Matt Stafford and his performance this season I think he's done a phenomenal job. He's missed Cooper Cup a lot uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, his left tackle has been a revolving door. You know, Alaric Jackson, 25-year-old uh, player, young guy, um, opposite of Rob Havenstein. I think those two tackles have done a decent job. And I think Sam's sliding into keys of the game here. Just overall, what are your thoughts? I think realistically, they have to pressure Stafford. And fantasy football perspective he's been a top 10 quarterback the last three to four weeks and part of the reason why the rams have won five out of their last six yeah matt stafford i think people are really underestimating him this year um obviously he is an older quarterback but the guy's got a super bowl under his belt now um the rams in and of itself i think were kind of undermined this year but they still have stafford they have cooper cup they have that guy Higby. They obviously have Puka Nakua, who was a huge rookie steal for them in the draft this year. Um, they are not a force to be reckoned with. And obviously their defense is always going to be good with Aaron Donald on there. But they the I am like so surprised with how the Rams are right now. You know, yes, they are eight and seven. It's a very like mediocre type of record, but I'm not sure that their record is really reflecting how good that team actually is and how we have to go into this game with a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, obviously right now we're playing spoiler, but it's, they're not a bad team. They're a very good team. It just kind of is a little bit of, of an off year for them in terms of the beginning of the season, but they've been looking good so far. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. That's for sure. They're hot right now. And right now they're in the sixth seed. I believe Sam, the stat is the sixth seed in the NFC has won the first round game the last five years. 
over the three seed. Really? It, yep. It was us last year, so they're in a similar spot. Um, you know, and I think part of it, you know, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua going up against the Dory Jackson and Deontay Banks. I'm excited to see who Banks matches up against. If it's a rookie-rookie matchup with Puka, who, by the way, Sam, I don't know if you heard Puka did not practice today. He has a hip injury, so he has not – he might be a game-time decision. So that could completely change things if it's just Cooper Cup out there, and that could change the defensive game plan a little bit. So I am a little – interested to see what happens with Nakua's status and if he does play but if he does play over 1300 receiving yards as a rookie that's astronomically good yeah no Puka Nakua he came into this you know first week people were like how do you say his name and now everybody's just like Puka like he is so first of all he's fun to watch second of all like he just seems like a genuinely good person um but he but between him and Cooper Cup, like Cup didn't like overwhelm the offense with like just going to him, you know. Like it's not like Stafford was like, I gotta give Cup the ball and only Cup the ball. Like he distributed that ball and he did it so well and is making a star out of Puka Nakua. Did you see the TikTok of him cooking? I forget if it was Christmas yeah. Eve. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then he <laughs> ate the food over the stove because he said it was so good. He didn't even sit down. Why waste time, right? Why waste time? It's a smart That's man. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Kyron Williams is another guy that yeah. I'm a little nervous about. I think they have, the Giants mm-hmm. have to focus on stuffing the run. You know, Dexter Lawrence and Ashawn Robinson up the middle. Um, I'd like to say I partially claim Kyron Williams since he went to Notre Dame, but I, obviously <laughs> I'm just a fan. Um, he's been really good this year. You know, they traded away Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings. Kyron's kind of stepped in for Darrell Henderson, and this is a fifth-round rookie, which is why a lot of – not rookie, sorry, second-year guy. But this is part of the reason why a lot of Giants fans want to possibly explore moving on from Saquon, although I think last week made it evident the Giants must keep him next season with all the question marks at quarterback. But Kyron's looked really good. Nine touchdowns, 1,000 yards, five yards per carry, and he's capable of catching passes too, so – Bobby O, Micah McFadden, look out, Sam. I think this guy is very, very sneaky and might emerge as one of the potentially one of the top backs in fantasy next year. Yeah. Kyron Williams came in like it was like Cam Akers was like such a huge part of that team. And then all of a sudden Cam Akers was like nothing. And then Kyron Williams came in and stepped up and was just like, all right, I'm seeing my shot here. Cam Akers isn't getting the job done. I'm going to do it. And then obviously Cam Akers got traded away uh, to the Vikings, I think, right? And um, Kyron has just been incredible. Very under the radar type of running back in the way that people aren't talking. Like his efforts are there and they're noted, but like people aren't talking about Kyron Williams the same way they're talking about other running backs. So yeah, it's uh, they have a lot of weapons on offense. It's Pretty terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Our, our defense has their hands full for sure. We didn't even talk about Tyler Higg. I mean, you mentioned him, but yeah. you know he's a veteran. Uh, Demarcus Robinson in the slot, he's done really well the last few weeks. So, yeah, it's safe to say I'm a little worried. But, Sam, for you, how do the Giants win this game? What, what's the key for you spe- specifically for Big Blue? I think, honestly – we have seen Tyrod Taylor now try and finish off a game this past 
Christmas. And then the Buffalo Bills game, too, also was within our fingertips. And, again, missed calls, so on and so forth, is what led that. We need to make sure that we give Tyrod the opportunity to win this game for us because I know he could do it. You know, get open, get down the field, get into the end zone. Tyrod is a talented quarterback. He can get the job done. He could do what he needs to do. I think our defense is pretty self-sufficient in the fact that they can take care of the offense. I know we just talked about all the reasons why the Rams offense is so good, but the Giants defense is capable of containing them. It's just, we, I mean, we've talked about this every week, but with different quarterbacks here and there, but Tyrod Taylor is so capable of winning a game for us. We just need to give him that opportunity. So get open, you know, beat your blockers, get into the end zone. Tyrod will get you the ball and no penalties and no missed calls, but we can't really control that. Eagles had nine penalties last week. We had three. So the Giants, realistically speaking, very disciplined, um, I will say. But I'm looking at John Michael Schmitz. He has had, I hate to say this, he's kind of had a subpar rookie year. Uh, I know he was hurt, but, I mean, granted, he's played on a terrible offensive line. Uh, Revolving door at right guard, left guard too with Pugh. Uh, last couple of weeks, Pew has not looked too great. Um, Tyre Phillips at right tackle with Evan Neal. The only staple has been Andrew Thomas, and even he missed half the season. So, John Michael Schmitz, you're a rookie. Good luck. You have Aaron Donald this week. You have Aaron Donald. I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sure Pew will help him out, but, I mean, Aaron Donald, six sacks on, on the year. I mean, again, he might not be as dominant as he once was, but he's still one of the best defensive tackles in the National Football League. And realistically, if the Giants are going to win this game, they have to establish the run. I don't want to see a million dropbacks from Tyrod. I don't want to see 40 passes in the game. I want to see Saquon with at least 20 carries and maybe a touchdown too would be nice. I want to see John Michael Schmitz not get dominated in this game by Aaron Donald because he got dominated by Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter uh, on Christmas Day in Philly, and it was not a good look. Not a good look. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but let's get into our players to watch, Sam. I know we've talked about multiple players already. Um, it could be from anyone we aforementioned or anyone we haven't mentioned yet, who are two guys from the Rams and then two from the Giants we're going to take a look at this week. Um, on the Rams side, I'm going to throw Tyler Higby in. I know we mentioned him very briefly, but – he is a kind of, you know, secondary target for Matt Stafford but behind uh, Cooper and Puka. And it's just very obvious that we've gotten better at covering tight ends, though, I must say. Um, but nonetheless, I think that Tyler Higby is somebody to be keeping an eye out for. He's a big guy. He's a big target. And he could get down the field if need be. Um, and obviously we're going to be focusing our attention mostly on the wide receivers here. So um, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on him. Um, I'll throw Aaron Donald into the mix here because yes, the offense is pretty star studded, but Aaron Donald is the Rams defense. He is going to be the hardest person. Like you were mentioning with John Michael Schmitz, um, like it's not going to be an easy feat for them whatsoever. He is one of the greatest defensive players in the league, if not, in 
all of time right now. Um, he's fantastic. So definitely those two on the Rams. And on the Giants side, I'll go Tyrod here just because, um, you know, we haven't seen him in the mix starting a game since the injury. Um, obviously, we just saw him playing, but not starting or playing an entire game, um, which is something that I always am a little nervous about with Tyrod. He is very capable of getting hurt again. Um, but I do, I stand by the fact that I do think Tyrod could win a game for us if we needed him to. Um, and um, another giant here, I'll, uh, I'll say Jalen Hyatt. I'll say Jalen Hyatt just because now, going off of your theory, Tom, Dable is going to be checking out these guys. He wants to see what he has. And with Tyrod in there, he could get the ball to Jalen Hyatt and um, maybe raise his stock a little bit more and make him a little bit more of a um, more certified wide receiver for this team that we will definitely need next year and uh, hopefully have a much smoother and better season next year with Jalen Hyatt. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, I'm excited to see Hyatt too. Um, For me on LA, a little recency bias here, but Kyron Williams is phenomenal. Um, Between the tackles back, he can cut outside, uh, dominate on the stretch runs, and he has a solid offensive line that has been relatively healthy the second half of the season that has alleviated pressure off Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, Stafford's touchdown total is up to 23 on the year. Part of the reason why Tyron Williams is play, helping set up the pass game, you know, five yards per carry. You really love to see it. And Stafford, over 3,600 passing yards, um, you know, almost 200 of those are to Kyron Williams. So he is not uh, really a slouch in the passing game either. Defensively for me, I mean, it's it's tough, but Ernest Jones is a really good linebacker for them who leads them in tackles. He's really good in pass coverage, which is not common for a guy his size. Four and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss, and six passes defended to go with 132 tackles. A uh, couple honorable mentions, Kobe Turner, the rookie out of Wake Forest with six and a half sacks, which you don't see from a defensive tackle. And then their third-round pick from this year, Byron Young from Alabama, six sacks as well, and Michael Hecht, those three on that line, complement Aaron Donald quite nicely. So um, I know I cheated a little bit there, but Giants, I mean, Saquon on offense, Sam, I mean, the Giants haven't scored many touchdowns this year, but Saquon has eight total. If we score, it's coming from him. I want to see how he does with John Michael Schmitz matched up against Aaron Donald. And defensively, this might be an interesting one. I'm going with X. And with McKinney, huge potential to be a game-changing player, over 100 stops on the year. But McKinney, it's very possible these could be his last two games as a Giant. He is playing for a new contract next season. There has been zero talks about a contract extension since they tried over the summer. So... Joe Shane has made it clear he's going to wait until after the season. And I want to see how well McKinney plays in these final two games. Because last year we saw Daniel Jones contract year balled out. Saquon, too, contract year balled out. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, you know, just to name a few. And now you have guys like Xavier McKinney that are due. You know, Andrew Andrew Thomas already got his five-year mega contract extension in the fifth-year option. 
Our second round pick from 2020 is due up next to get paid. So let's see what happens with X. So those are my players to watch. Um, as far as injuries go, Sam, I don't think anyone is really at huge risk of missing this game. Um, a lot of the limited guys earlier in the week practiced in full. But one thing to note, Dexter Lawrence, Ashawn Robinson, and Rakeem Nunez-Roches all limited with three separate injuries. So I think if even one of them is out, it is slightly concerning. And I'd like to see more of Jordan Riley, our seventh-round pick out of Oregon. He's come on late in the season. I don't know if you got to watch him much on Christmas, on Christmas Day, but he played 35 snaps. He was solid. Yeah. I think like whenever there's a player who we're not really talking about, but he, and like, you're not really talking about him too much in the game. It's because he's doing his job correctly. And it's like, you know, we're talking so much about Evan Neal earlier in the season because he was doing so poorly at his job. You know, Jordan Riley is not someone that we're bringing up every week, but that's because he was doing what he needed to do. And that's like, you know, it's kind of like counterintuitive. It's like he's doing so well, yet we're not talking about it, but that's just because he's doing so well. I agree. You I, pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I don't know about you, but one other thing I want to bring up before we get to game predictions, Sean McVay and the job he's done with this team. The Rams have not had a first-round draft pick in the last five years at okay. least, and they're still super competitive. You know, the Stafford trade, um, you know, they've assembled their day two and day three picks. A lot of them are hits. And it's credit to Sean McVay, the GM, and the coaching staff of this team. And I'll be honest with you, Sam, if I'm Dallas or Philly, I'm really worried about the Rams. I'm really worried about the Rams potentially upsetting you in round number one if you wind up drawing them. You know, That's why I really don't want Detroit or San Francisco to play them, so the Rams can knock one of those guys out. Um, But that's my final thoughts. Anything else on McVay or anything we discussed throughout the show before we predict the game? I actually forgot about the whole first round draft pick thing with the Rams, but you're right. They, they consistently are in the mix every single year. And it's just because Sean McVay is so, he just eats and sleeps and breathes football. It's like pretty incredible. Um, But yeah, honestly, I think I'm interested to see what happens in this game. Again, I will stand by the fact that this is a winnable game um, despite the kind of, you know, high we were running with a couple of weeks ago during the DeVito era that only lasted a short while, but we'll see what happens. And you know, who knows anything's possible. So I told my girlfriend's uh, cousins now fiance, who is a Rams fan on Christmas day, you know, this is after a few glasses of wine um, (laughs) saying the Rams will guaranteed win at least one playoff game this year because they are the sixth seed. And I think they will beat Dallas or Philly, whoever they play in the first round. And he just smiled and he's like, I mean, cheers to you. You, you know, so I, I just, I'm very high on this Rams team. So um, Sam, we'll start with you. Who do you have winning this game? What's your final? I do. Hmm. Hmm. I really genuinely think it'd go either way, but I will go with the Rams here because they have more to lose. Um, you know, they they want a you know better spot, better playoff spot, um, so on and so forth. So I'm gonna go with the Rams here. 
I'm going to say I know they're six and a half point favorites. Um, I'll go Rams 28 to 24. I think we're going to keep it close. All right. So you have the Rams winning, but failing to cover. Yeah. I also have the Rams winning and failing to cover. My I'm final insane. score, 27-21. The line six and a half. They win by six. Sorry, Rams betters. Uh, don't bet that spread six and a half. <laughs> I think with Tyrod in the game, Sam, he – look, DeVito should be starting in my opinion, but Tyrod gives them the best chance to win this game currently. He's a seasoned vet, 13 years in the league. He knows what he's doing. I think they'll get Hyatt and Waller involved. I mean, Waller's back healthy, right? And this Giants team, in my opinion, yes, we know what Bill Parcells once said, your record says who you are, but I truly think the Giants have more talent than what a 5-10 team should have. So I have the Rams winning by 6, 27-21, and I'm not so sure the Giants won't win a game again this season, just preluding to possibly next yeah. So just saying, um, want to wish all the fans a happy new year. Um, it's from Sam and myself, uh, Sam, it's been a fun year, 2023. We kind of closed the book on it. We had some good laughs, good memories, a playoff run last year. And you know, I was very excited to, you know, host the show again with you this season. I know we still have one week left, but with 2023 ending, I want to say thank you for everything uh, throughout this year. Thank you to the fans as well. Sam, I'll turn the floor to you here. Anything you want to tell our viewers and listeners before we sign off? Well, I mean, people constantly come back. We have some some year-long loyal listeners, so shout-out to them. Shout-out to you, Tom, for being a great co-host, putting a great show together every week. Um, I'm just happy to be a part of it, happy to chat Giants with you. And here's to a great and better 2024 for us and for the New York Giants. Absolutely. Sam said it best. Folks, if you like what you watch from Sam and myself, want to catch more in. 2024 make sure to check us out on our social platforms instagram twitter and youtube best places to find us right now big blue avenue we may expand a little bit next year uh we'll definitely have some good stuff in store for the upcoming year so stay tuned for that uh for the last time in 2023 on behalf of sam cardona i'm tom scavetta saying so long you've been watching big blue avenue here on youtube and facebook without further ado Let's go big blue.